This program, of course, is presented by Pro Wrestling Illustrated, the most widely read, widely sold, and respected wrestling magazine in the world today. This is the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Podcast. I'm your host, PWI Senior Writer, Al Castle, joined uh, once again by my co-host, Brian Solomon. How's it going? Going okay. I'm a little worse for wear and tired, as, as you probably are, too, from staying up and watching the whole AEW pay-per-view last night. Yeah. And, I and we the were, press scrum, too, by the way. So I thought we were done with the days of the, uh, yeah. the Sunday midnight pay-per-view, much less from, from AEW, but... Um, Certainly worth staying up for. We'll talk about that yes. in just a bit. Uh, and I got two distinguished wrestling authors with me uh, this week. Uh, PWA contributor, Pat LaProd. How are you? Very good. Very good. I didn't have to watch AEW yet because uh, I had some uh, some other tapings that I had to attend last night. So maybe maybe the four hour will become uh, three hours if i fast forward a few things <laughs> is that the nice thing about like watching wrestling in, in the modern age is that really a show is kind of like as long as you want it to be right yeah, exactly you know, for me exactly. you know i i've really quit like complaining about raw being three hours because it certainly isn't three hours for me <laughs> no way no way yeah. i agree raw, I raw agree is, that. yeah I, often I a handful of youtube uh clips for me yeah, it's DVR all the way for me. Like, I can't even tell you. When they had the um, the 30th anniversary show, I actually sat down and watched it Watched it live. And I think yeah. it was the first time I had done that in, in years. I mean, I couldn't even tell you how long. It's, it's always, always DVR for me. Sometimes I'll even, like, start watching it, like, about a half hour in on DVR. So that way I could just – I have a, a pocket of a cushion – that I could fast forward if I right. want to without catching up to life. Yeah, TV. I watch everything like that, yeah. like <laughs> and stuff like that. Yeah, you got to, I mean, the real time is like, right. you know, 20 or 30 after uh, uh, the hour. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mentioned in my column in, in the latest magazine, like how different it is uh, because there's, it happens a few times a year now, but sometimes there's like three shows on top of each other. And there was a week there where it was, I think, Ring of Honor, NXT and UFC all at the same time. And uh, in the days of the Monday Night Wars, it was often like literally running between two TVs in the house, right? It's like you go to one room and then you go run to the, to the other room. Uh, and now, you know, for one thing, you could have them all right in front of you. I have a laptop, phone, TV, or yeah, you just go back to them whenever, which is, is really the way to go. Um, anyway, we got a lot of uh, big shows certainly to talk about uh, here. Uh, Revolution with just last night, AW, uh, a really spectacular main event that uh, we'll, we'll touch on. Uh, but also coming up soon is uh, WrestleMania. This is the first time we've talked since Elimination Chamber, which in its own right was much bigger than, than most Elimination Chambers and, and much bigger than most WWE pay-per-views that are not, you know, the big three or, or four. And um, we're going to talk a bit about uh, the fallout uh, from that. It's one of the reasons I wanted to have uh, Pat on from, from Canada and certainly a lot of uh, Canadian wrestling fans not thrilled with the way things turned out. Did WWE... Screw the pooch, so to speak, um, in not putting the world title on Sami Zayn. We'll talk a bit about that in uh, just a moment. Uh, but real quick, I want to tell you about the latest issue of Pro Wrestling Illustrated. I got mine in the mail. It is the May 2023 issue on the cover. Mercedes Monet, am I pronouncing it right? The former Sasha Banks. Yep. Um, and a big feature in here about um, her return to wrestling in New Japan. Uh, a fun issue because it's sort of in between our big tent poles. We don't have 
we're not giving away awards in this. We're not ranking anything. Um, so lots of space here to have some fun and take on some different stuff. The return of the PWI roundtable, which you were part of, Brian. Um, it was a, a, a recent uh, podcast episode as well, where you, I, and um, Yumi and, and Kevin uh, talked about um, the potential sale of WWE. Um, we put it together for a feature in the magazine. Uh, also, coverage of Wrestle Kingdom of uh, Julia winning the title over um, at Stardom uh, of uh, Muda's retirement. I want to talk a bit about that, um, maybe if we have some time also on the show and uh, a lot more. It's also our sort of like WrestleMania preview issue. What we did this year was um, talk to uh, uh, various notable uh, stars from different industries uh, about their WrestleMania uh, memories. And uh, there's some people from the music industry, some people from the wrestling industry, some current WWE stars all sharing their favorite WrestleMania uh, moments and a lot more in here. Head on over to pwi-online.com and uh, pick it up. You could uh, download it. You can order it, have it delivered to your home. Um, whatever you do, the best uh, value, the most savings is by uh, subscribing. Uh, and the longer you subscribe, the deeper the savings. You could save half off the cover price. Head on over to pwi Hyphen online.com. Also, your one-stop shop for all things PWI, whether it is merch, you can check out the podcast there, um, so much more. Uh, all right, let's uh, jump into it. Uh, Pat, I, I know because you're busy, you you um, haven't seen Revolution uh, uh, yet, so don't want to leave you out in the conversation. Feel free to jump in however, whenever uh, you want. Um, I've, I seen, want I've, seen, I've seen the results. Uh, I, know, I, I know some of the stuff that happens. Uh, yeah, sure, no problem. Yeah, it was it was a long show, um, and I got to tell you, uh, uh, Brian, as we were just talking about, you know, I don't love wrestling shows that are going to midnight uh, on Sunday. So when the main event starts at whatever it was, I mean, it was maybe ten thirty, ten forty five, and I'm yeah, thinking, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I've got at least another hour from here. It was like, oh my my gosh, and it was, um, you know, not to nitpick some, as we sometimes do about AEW style. It was a lot to take in through the night, right? We had already seen so much, a lot of blood, a lot of crazy spots. You know, it's just kind of like you're sort of like exhausted from all of it. And then you have this one hour match. So um, even though I know both those guys were super talented, there was part of me that was a little down for it. Um, but man, did they pick me up. And by the end of it, I was um, wide awake and absolutely loving it. You know, we, we talked briefly before. Uh, we recorded, you said it uh, uh, might be uh, AEW's uh, best match ever. Um, I'd have to think about it, but it, but it's certainly near the top. I mean, and and for me, um, certainly the athleticism, the execution of the match uh, was great, but it really was about um, the story that was told and the, the creation. And people might quibble uh, at this because he's already the world champion. He's already a top guy. But to me, this was kind of MJF's real coming out, out party. And where he um, was able to prove to uh, some of the doubters, and maybe I'm in that camp, that that he absolutely belongs. And just uh, a fantastic performance by both of them. MJF, I think, in particular, r really shined. And I and um, it's great when a, a, a match is designed for a certain purpose and delivers on that. And and to me, and maybe you could trace this all the way back to AEW signing Brian Danielson and, and the idea of being, you know, a guy who's already in or around his 40s um, with this great reputation. Uh, so much of the reason you sign him is going to be to make new stars. And that's a tricky thing. It's sort of easier said than done. And it's not just about having him put guys over. Um, it, it's this to me is how, how you do it. Right. I mean, it, it was 
Uh, I was thinking last night of like, you know, um, and this is kind of the example that comes up a lot, like Hogan and Kidman years ago, remember? And Hogan loses to Billy Kidman, didn't really make, you know, Billy Kidman at all. This to me is sort of the blueprint for how you use uh, an established star to create a new star. And I just love this match. Yeah, it, it felt like this was kind of like what Brian Danielson is there to do, finally. You know, after after all this time of, of going, like, what is he? What are they doing with him? Why is he there? You know, they're kind of they're kind of wasting him. He's kind of languishing. This felt like okay. That's why he's there. And, and with MJF, like you said, I mean, look, MJF. I'm I'm not the first one to say this, and I don't take pleasure in saying this, but he he had actually lost steam since becoming champion. Not yeah. not gained steam. He lost steam, and part of that is because the guy wasn't doing much. Um, you know, I noted that this was his second title defense. He won the title in November. You know what I mean? Like, um, but but he really, this was a statement. I mean, it's easy to say. It's so tempting to always say, oh, this is the best match ever. This is the best this ever. You know, and I, and I might not 100% stand by that, but that certainly was the impression I got when it was over. Like, I always go by the, what I call like the casual fan or even the non-fan perspective. Like, sometimes at these pay-per-views and shows, like I usually have a bunch of people over, like I, I, I still kind of bake it into a thing. And, you know, I, I had people there who really don't watch a lot of wrestling or care a lot about it. And they got invested in this. Like to me, that's always like a sign that something is special. They were sort of like, wow, you know, like actually, they actually started talking about it as they were watching it as if it was, you know, an actual competitive contest. Like, like that's how much they were getting into it. These are people like they were, what I mean is they were able to suspend their disbelief, which is the goal. The The thing with AEW is for whatever people might want to say, and they have detractors and I don't believe they're as strong as, as they were say a year or two ago. But the one thing that you can never take away from them is they know how to put on a hell of a pay-per-view like their pay-per-views always deliver even if it's not incredible from beginning to end or top to bottom and even if they go a little long there's enough on there to make you walk away and go i got my money's worth out of this show like i thought from from last night look the highlights for me it's it's the iron man match the texas death match and which i did not see coming i just although i should have with jeff jarrett was the four-way tag team match like when they put that one on right before the main event i was just like oh my god can we just could we just get to the Iron Man match already? But I wound up enjoying the hell out of it. And Jeff Jarrett is just that whole match. It was like Jeff Jarrett conducting like a symphony, basically, was the way yeah. that it came off. And so there's enough in there that I was loving it. I mean, you can quibble that they shouldn't have done this blood soaked Texas death match before the Iron Man match, which was also blood soaked. You know, like I could almost hear Jim Cornette in my head saying that. But but that it's a quibble to me. Like I, I thought the match was great. I thought the show was solid. There was filler on it, like always. But it was a very memorable show. Yeah, I really agree. I mean, I also had the thought about all the blood. Um, I don't know. You know, we say it a lot. Uh, if it works, uh, it works on paper. You shouldn't have two matches back to back with so much blood. But they they both were really effective. They were both yes. really good. They're you know they're both really over with the crowd. So it it's hard to say that you shouldn't have done it in in one or the other because it worked in both. Um, so that's fine. What I loved about um, the main event in, in particular was that the, the Iron Man, uh, the, the story of 
and, and it was built for weeks of MJF being out of his element in this kind of match and him being such a dirtbag, you know, heel that him just constantly being inclined to take shortcuts and to cheat and the rules of that match kind of not allowing him to because uh, you'd fall behind on on the count. And that that was really the payoff right at the end when he grabs the title belt. Um, and yeah, you could knock him out, but but then you're going to lose because he'll be up uh, a one fall. Um, and him being forced to sort of be a wrestler and then show that he could do it, right? So um, it, it kind of took him out of his element, but but he, he showed that, you know, if you put me in a position to have to wrestle the best wrestler in the world, I'll hold my own. And and he did that with also doing some shortcuts and some some cheating stuff and uh, the stuff with the kid, which I guess is a little controversial, controversial uh, today. Uh, I, I, I think I, the kid will live. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I still don't love some nuances of, of the MJF uh, character, but this was the best, uh, best version of that character uh, that I've seen. And, um, you know, they went an hour and seven minutes and you talk about, you know, uh, being up at, at midnight and then it ends in, and I'm sorry, these are spoilers for you. But, oh, no, um, I've seen the results. I'm fine. Yeah. I mean, it ends in a draw. So they go into the overtime yeah. and this wasn't, you know, 30 seconds of overtime, this was another seven minutes or so. So yeah, now we're, seven we're, minutes. you know, really pushing it. Uh, but never boring. It made me think of like those original Iron Man matches and, and how by necessity so much of it was like, well, we'll do the chin lock here and that'll last for a few minutes and we'll, you know, we'll get our breath and then we'll get going again. And there was none of that. I mean, this was really action packed from beginning to end, but also not overkill. Right. It wasn't like um, and I liked some of the touches of like MJF having to to take water breaks and stuff and then getting <laughs> oxygen. Um, it, it really drove home that this is like an, a, a real exhausting athletic, you know, feat that they're having to, to put on here. Right. And what Danielson was doing was great, too, which was and, you know, part of this is is just working the match, too. But but I do believe there's a there's a root of reality in this, too, is you could it, it was so um, interesting and different to me how Danielson through the match was selling basically the idea that. He was he was still doing okay. Like no matter how much time went by, he yeah. was smiling. He was in there like you know MJF is flopping around like a dying fish, and yeah. he's just it's it's fifty minutes in, sixty minutes in, and he's still like almost laughing. There was one point in the overtime where they were you know uh, MJ they were head to head literally and bleeding like crazy, and they had their faces turned opposite directions. MJF is crying. <laughs> And and Brian Danielson is laughing. Yeah, I mean that that's a that was like the distillation of the whole match to me right there. That moment, right? right. And and it makes it that much more effective when yeah. MJ, not only does MJF win, uh, but he makes him tap out. You know, <laughs> right, um, right. So yeah. His own move. So so really, uh, fantastic, fantastic stuff. Uh, uh, Pat, certainly, I could ask you uh, this part. Where do you go from here? I mean, do, do you feel that? Uh, they need to stay on on the MJF train for the foreseeable future. Uh, looks like maybe Adam Cole is getting built up for for that next big uh, opponent. What do you think of that? I, I mean, MJF. I, I, I was thinking ahead before Revolution. I was like, please let the belt on MJF. You know, I think you need to establish him as much as you can. Maybe not in the way WWE does with Roman Reigns. It doesn't have to go 900 plus days. But I think that 
um, with the match that you guys just talked about, and you know, he delivered and everything. I think he, he, he should be the champion for a little while again. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I would probably see him go against another or two uh feuds before maybe losing the title. I mean, let, let him let him with the bell, let him be your number one guy for a while, and that's you know, depending on you know, when um when his contract is going to end and you know what he's going to do uh i mean i would i would i would push him to the top until uh, until um he decides what he wants to do you know but uh i mean uh, i don't see uh, i don't i wouldn't make him lose the belt for uh, for uh, a long time yeah i mean i guess it depends on somebody emerges and really you know catches fire um that you've got to kind of uh move on I don't know who that would be. I mean, um, I, I I do think it. Uh, I guess we're done with Daniel Bryan or Ryan Danielson um, um, for now. I mean, you could run this back. Uh, I'm sure, uh, but I'm I'm fine with him kind of moving on to something else. I got a sense in the press scrum because they were asking him about future challengers, and you know, I mean, it was like I don't know if you saw any of it, but it was almost like he was intentionally doing a parody of the CM Punk meltdown. It was very mm -hmm. surreal because he was clearly in character, you right? But it was still this profanity-laced thing. And instead of eating muffins, you know, because he's Jewish, of course, he's sitting there eating pickles and munching on these pickles, and he won't stop talking about how good they are. And But, but when they were asking him about challengers, the feeling I got, I could be totally off base, was that they might be heading towards Adam Page because that was the person sure. where – he stopped and really went into detail about, you know, how much he hates him and all this and how he, he brought out the fact that he originally won the, the diamond ring from him. Um, it, he mentioned a lot of other people too, including Adam Cole, but I just got a feeling that page might be the one that they're leaning towards next. Well, if what it's page, but yeah. if it's page, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I would keep the belt on, on MJF then. I agree. Because, no, I agree. We, too. we cannot say that Adam Page reign no. was the best AEW right. had. No. So, I mean, let him, I mean, in a feud with MJF, no problem. But, it, you know, I mean, there's going to be other challengers after that for sure. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, and obviously it was a, a big night for, for Page uh, as well. The, the AEW faithful, you know, love the guy. But as he touched on Pat, Something I think is still missing there, right? I mean, for the the mainstream uh, fans, uh, maybe hard to put my finger on it, but it's just it's not fully formed, and um, I don't doubt that they could have make for some good television. Uh, the two of them, um, it doesn't feel, and you could, I mean, I suppose you could do double or nothing, um, headline it with with Page and MJF. I think you'd need a a big uh, some some support from the undercard uh on that one because um yeah i don't know at least in the mainstream how, how box office that is yeah I, I mean i mean um but that's always aew right it's it's always a strong undercard whatever the main event is you know so um but yeah for double or nothing they usually have uh, uh, uh probably their strongest card of, of of the year uh but you could go with mjf and page you know with with uh with with something else you know and uh with the box and omega and you know you, you have you have enough talented uh workers there to uh, to make it work uh even if um if mjf and page are main eventing and, and you know 
who knows you know maybe it's going to be new uh new people coming in before before the end of may you know so uh, yeah. uh ibushi could be one maybe or you know you, you never know who's going to show up sometimes so uh, but yeah i mean i mean if it's page I mean that means MJF would still be champion over the summer. So then we're heading to uh, uh, to to New Japan and and AEW thing, and then uh, regular schedule in fall. So I mean that would mean at least that MJF could be champion till the end of the year, maybe. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I, I know Tony Khan's teasing his latest big announcement. Uh, I don't know when that's coming. Um, Another one. Yes, I know. I mean, talk about going to the well too many times. I mean, did he learn nothing from like Dixie Carter? And um, not only that, but the last one. And look, it, it, that's the thing. Some of these announcements and things, they're cool things. They're, they're but but the way it's presented, it's almost like you set people up to be disappointed or upset. Yep. You could Just almost feel the, the, yeah. Well, I you mean, could you could feel the deflation of the crowd when they just did the all access thing, which that shouldn't happen because I mean, you know, it's a new show. It's probably going to be interesting but the way they positioned it you could just feel the crowd was just like oh my god it's this it, it reminds me when uh when tony chavani always said that it was the best night ever. i mean yes. if if every announcement is a huge announcement there's no there, then there's no huge announcement you know yes. it's like it's just another one right absolutely so uh, anyhow, a, a really good show, a really good showing for for AEW. They obviously needed it, lost some momentum. You know, the momentum's the momentum's been on WWE side for for a number of months uh, right now. So um, I think it was AEW's best night in in uh, a while. Uh, and like you said, uh, Brian, they, they always come through on these pay per views. I mean, I, I don't remember a time where there was a bad AEW pay per view, right? I mean, some no. have been better than others, but but I can't I don't remember one where it was um, certainly. I mean, what you deal with with WWE uh, fairly often where it's just kind of at the end of the night, you're sort of deflated. They don't do as many. And I think that's yeah. probably to their benefit. I mean, they do four, I think it is. And, you know, WWE is still, they've, they've pulled it in slightly, but yeah. I think it's still what, like 10 a year or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you're taking Mark off. Right. Yeah. Um, and then um, it's a lot. It's a lot. AWS five now with, uh, with new Japan, with the, right. with the new Japan one. Yeah. Yeah. So anyhow, good night for them. Right. Uh, we did want to talk about uh, uh, WWE uh, for sure uh, and kind of combining both Elimination Chamber and, and um, the hype for WrestleMania. Uh, I've got a lot to say about this, so I'm going to try not to hog the mic and, and I'll jump right over to you guys. Uh, um, a few weeks ago, we had Elimination Chamber, a, a, a ton of build for Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns, really the, the, the most kind of big fight feel uh, that I can remember for a long time. Um, and a terrific match, certainly an emotional climax. Uh, they made the decision not to put the title on Sammy and kind of stay on the course uh, with Cody Rhodes. A lot of second guessing, um, a lot of folks thinking, you know, the stars were aligned that night, a real special night in Montreal uh, with Sammy. Even if it wasn't the plan, you know, do you call the audible and change course and, um, you know, take advantage of, of all the circumstances. They ultimately uh, didn't. And as I touched on, a lot of people wondering if that was um, the right decision. Uh, uh, Pat, I'll, I'll ask you, um, was that the right call? Uh, I'll say yes, because the right call is the long-term plan call. And as far as long-term, um, that was not, the, the plan was not to go with Sammy. It is it, probably to go with Cody, but but 
whoever, uh, even if Cody doesn't win at Mania, the long-term call was to bring Roman as champion at WrestleMania. And, I mean, what options did you have? Sammy wins it at Elimination Chamber and lose it on TV prior to Mania? Um, I would have not liked that. Um, a short reign of a Sami Zayn, uh, as Sami Zayn as champion would, would, I mean, is really what people would have wanted to. I mean, people would have complained that Sami got a few weeks or a month old reign. I mean, they didn't expect Sami to cut up that much. Um, it was a very nice surprise, I think, for them. Um, and, um, I mean, it was a very, it was a very special night. I was there and you know, guys, I know Sammy for 20 years. It was a very special night for a bunch of us. He, he didn't win the title. It would have made, made it more special, especially for Montreal, especially in Montreal. Uh, but at the same time, I understand that they have long-term things to do. And I mean, look at what they're doing ever since. I mean, you know, you can feel that. They, they're, they're taking their time for Sammy and Kevin to reunite. You know, I'm expecting that big pop, you know, when they're going to hug in the middle of the rain because, uh, you know, one of them will save the other and that what will build to the Uso match at, at Mania. And you know what? At the end of the day, if they win the titles from the Usos at WrestleMania, that's not a bad ending. No. And, and no. perhaps... Perhaps, uh, you know, they're going to still be champion for a longer time than Sammy would have been um, as uh, as champion if he would have beaten Roman. So, I mean, I understand the long-term plan that they have, uh, that Sammy wasn't the guy, Cody was. It's a completely different uh, scenario than when they added Daniel Bryan into the mix uh, a few years ago. It's not the same thing at all. It's not the same main event that they're going to have that they had prior to uh, Brian being put in. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it would have been, like I said, it would have been a crazy thing live, but it would have been a pop for one night. Uh, and I was always a big fan of long-term stuff. And, I mean, I don't think Sammy would have been a long-term plan so i prefer that they, they they do something else with him they keep telling the same story but with different actors and 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 there you go yeah i i, I really agree and and as you touched on i mean if you sort of like play it through with the different scenarios could have been if you put the title on on sammy there none of them really work i mean you could do a triple threat i guess with sammy going in as champion um but cody beating sammy for the, the title doesn't mean as much. Roman getting it back at WrestleMania would be kind of deflating. So so none of them are really, or, you know, uh, getting the title back on Roman before WrestleMania, that also kind of stinks. So, so none of it uh, really works. Uh, uh, Brian, the, 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 the other thing, just, just before letting you go, Brian, uh, uh, the, the other thing too is that to me, this angle, of course, it was a lot about Sammy and Roman. Uh, but there are other actors in it. The Usos were great in yeah. there, and Kevin was great as well. So if you only put Sammy, let's say, in a three-way with Roman and Cody, what's left for the Usos? What's left for Kevin? Yeah. You need to tell a different story for them because now they don't have anything to do. And Kevin teaming with somebody else against the Usos would have not felt um, 
compelling and uh, compelling enough, you know. So, so I'd rather see this, and the the story keeps continuing, uh, you know, around four of the five players that we had, you know, with the Usos, Kevin and Sammy. So I'd rather see that keep going than um, than seeing something with only Sammy and forgetting about all the rest. Yeah, uh, uh, really uh, agree with with all that. Uh, uh, Brian, are you on the same page here? I actually am. I, I was expecting we were going to have this whole drag out <laughs> argument or whatever. Pat, supposed to be? Uh, no, no. Well, Pat, here. I don't think I don't think Bertrand agrees with you, Pat. You guys, I know that. Get know on the that. same page. <laughs> I know that he was he was not happy, but um, but no, I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, I I do agree with what you said. It has to be what the long-term plan is. There was such a temptation to do it. I even felt it myself. I was thinking, oh, just do it. You know, it'll be fine. But but they they held their ground. Um, the Sammy thing was just originally supposed to be a joke, as we know. I mean, Sammy was still doing the conspiracy theory gimmick. It was supposed to be like a one-off ridiculous thing. Oh, here's this ridiculous guy who's trying to hang out with the with the cool clique or whatever. But it turned into a phenomenon. But still, what I see it as, um, and I don't want to overextend the analogy, but in this scenario, the best case scenario, um, Sami Zayn is like mankind, you know, in, in the Attitude Era where, like, you could do the feel-good. You want to do the feel-good title change, you can do it, but you're not going to really keep it on him. That's not really a long-term thing. He's not a long-term champion, you do it for the pop, you do it for the feel-good moment. And, and you know, the booking, as we all know, in the Attitude Era was much more short attention span. It didn't have the same kind of discipline that they have now. In fact, if they were doing it now, Mick might not even have gotten a chance to be champion, you know. But they're staying the course, and it makes sense. And you see it now because now we're past it. And they're still on fire with Cody and Roman. And and I mean, at least for me and probably other people watching it, I'm going, yeah, they definitely made the right decision. Because, in fact, my only my only thing that I would have said to not do or do differently from how they did is um, I think they tipped their hands a little too much that Sammy wasn't winning, even though we knew he, he wasn't. But when they did the Cody, that incredible Cody and Paul Heyman segment where – I know they were trying to sort of with Cody saying, Oh, I think I might be facing Sammy at WrestleMania, but clearly you could, they were just kind of leapfrogging over the elimination chamber. And I felt like that could have waited until after elimination chamber, but all in all, you know, it's about the big picture. If you have Sammy win, you get your feel good moment. And let's say, you know, whatever, he loses it back to Roman or something. And then Roman loses it to Cody. Well, You've still spoiled it in a way because the whole big thing is going to be who stops Roman Reigns. So if he already got beat before Cody beats him, right. it's just not quite the same thing, you know, because it, like we talked about, Al, about one day at some point doing Roman versus The Rock. I, I, I at this point, I do not believe that's ever going to happen. But if it did, that's a match where you don't need the title. Like, like Reigns could be dethroned by that point, and it's still an incredible marquee main event match but with cody you need the title like that's the story like they keep hammering home you know finish the story it's cody winning the belt so this this was the right decision the the only way i would have seen sammy winning is if they would have decided to split the titles 
Right, which I'm also glad they didn't. This isn't also great, right? Yeah, all all these are a lot of, you know, not great options. No, but you could have, you know, make something that Roman would have lost because of Kevin Owens, you know, so it's not like a clean win, but people in Montreal would have not mattered for one second that, you know, Sammy didn't win clean because of, of Kevin's involvement. And then you can go on with Cody at Mania and, and for the other belt. But again, I agree that it, it, it the, 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 the thing that is working so well for Roman is that he is an invincible champion right now. So if yeah. he loses, even if it's not clean, that's still a loss. So I understand right. that as well. But that's the only, I think, option they could have gone with. And maybe it wasn't the maybe it wasn't the right option. And and I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, um, we've seen it with other kind of baby faces champions like like Kofi I mean was Kofi um hottest after or before he won the title you know before, yeah, and, right. yeah exactly so so I would have not liked Sammy to be the champion and then losing steam after being the champion it would have like well you know they kind of I would have preferred them to keep him hot and I think right now and and we saw it on on, on live TV He's 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 still hot, uh, and and when 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 they do that thing with the Husos and everything, uh, I mean people will uh, will react in a big way, I'm sure. And and who knows, you know, it could even main event night one of WrestleMania. Oh, I mean, I to me, yeah. to me, it's between right. that match I and the Charlotte and Rhea match. You know, I don't even think it. There's there's a question. I mean, when I hear them talking about um, headlining with Charlotte and Rhea, I yeah. think it would be a huge mistake. I mean, I right. think so I too. Don't think they're over nearly at that level. No, no, and and there there was the, the last time we had a main event, a tag team main event at WrestleMania was WrestleMania one, right? So yeah. it's about time. And, we have, I, and I understand, I understand putting women, you know, in the main event is important as well. But they didn't. They had main events in yeah. the past few years. You didn't have a tag team, and they'd have. It has to be organic. They and, have to be over. The fans have to demand it. I just don't yeah. think they have a women's match this year that. Is worthy uh, of that position. I if anything, I, I think Bianca and, and Asuka is going to get a better reaction. So um, I'd sooner put that uh, on last. But I don't think either come. You, you put aside Cody and and Roman, um, and even Roman and Sammy. Those are the two big matches. This is the next big match I think WWE could do all year. You know, uh, in, in Owens and, and Sammy versus Usos. It is not just a a pay-per-view worthy uh, main event, but it's a WrestleMania worthy main event. It's, it's that big a deal. And, and it's a storyline too. It's a, I mean, you have the Usos losing the title mm-hmm. night one, you have Roman losing the titles night two. I mean, that's the end of the bloodline, you know, not the end of it, but I mean, the, I mean, they're, 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 they're both being, or three of them being defeated, you know, for, for, for once. So that's, that's the story going to mania. And then, you know, you 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 uh, you do rematches maybe uh, after Mania, and then you go to to you, you go elsewhere with them. Yeah. Well, and and I mean they've they've made Roman so strong now, which is again why I think they did the right thing. He is so strong coming out of that that you still have, and I think these people are deluded, but you still have a lot of people saying, "Oh, it's too soon for Cody. He's not going to win now." You know, Co- Roman's going to win, but that's partly because of the booking that he's so strong. But the the thing with Sammy and and Kevin, I mean that that would be the perfect 
not ending, but I mean the perfect place to go with their story to have it be the main event of night one. They've been building it so much and drawing it out. You know, they didn't do the reunion right away. A lot of people thought it was going to happen at Elimination Chamber, right? It didn't quite, didn't really happen there. It felt like it was almost going to happen. You know, now they're doing the thing with where is Jay's loyalty and all that. So, you know, it, it's definitely worthy. I also think once you get past WrestleMania, because a lot of people were saying, well, this sucks because, you know, Roman was the bully. He he pushed Sammy around. Sammy fought back and he lost. Like, how demoralizing is that? Well, look, I mean, once you get the belt off of Roman, you can do a rematch and a strong rematch where there's no title involved where Sammy does win. And I think at some point mm -hmm. they should do that but just not with the title involved. That's all. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a lot of thoughts. Uh, uh, first, you know, one thing when um, you, you hear these folks saying, again, they should have called an audible, they should have uh, uh, cashed in on, on the special moment. Uh, remember that some of uh, these same folks were saying the same thing about Drew McIntyre uh, a few months ago with Clash at the Castle. And imagine if they did that there, we wouldn't have any of this, right? So um, you, you do have to have like that that long view and it... it you know, and and so much of this conversation uh, really speaks to what a good job WWE has been doing. That these moments keep on coming up, where there's this feeling of, oh well, it can't get better than this, and then they top themselves, and there is something bigger and better. And so it is this delayed gratification. And they were right not to put the title on Drew, and they were right not to put the title on Sami Zayn. And the thing is, you know, why a lot of people have like these really strong feelings about the Sami Zayn storyline is because they talk about, you know, the, the long term build and the fact that, you know, they were planting the seeds for this Sami Zayn storyline uh, a year ago. In some ways, of all these different combinations, it's the shortest storyline, right? Because um, when you talk about Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, this is a story that goes you know, 20 years now, right, you know, uh, yeah. and and through through the world, through Ring of Honor, through uh, the Canadian Independence, to WrestleMania, and on and on. I mean, it, it is um, one of the, the longest storylines in, in wrestling history is this relationship between Sammy uh, and, and uh, Kevin. And um, this is, I think, the, the right climax of, of them reuniting, taking down um, the bloodline, dethroning the, the the longest reigning tag champions in the history of WWE, there's the storyline of the Usos. And when you think about um, the the birth of the bloodline, before there was a, a bloodline, there was Roman and Jay. And, and this is how all of this started and, and their storyline from uh, years ago. And this, this is kind of the payoff to that too. And this, you know, the dynamic of is Jay in or is he out? Where do his loyalties lie? Um, this is all masterful um, storytelling. And then you can argue the one with the, the, the longest storyline of all is Cody Rhodes. And it depends, you know, you could you could kind of start the clock wherever. You could make the argument that it is a 50-year storyline, <laughs> you know, dating back to, to Dusty not winning the, the WWF championship. Um, but at the very, you know, when I think about where Cody is right now, um, coming up on this moment, I think about him. Uh, inducting his father in the Hall of Fame and seeing Cody as like uh, uh, the first that most of the world saw Cody and and you saw in him so much of Dusty and you could tell that you know this guy was going to be something yes. someday through the legacy you know the ups and downs you know Stardust and how deflating that was and winning the tag title with his brother and Dusty dying and him you know put 
leaving WWE, and it was such a bold move at the time, and making that list, and all in, and the creation of AEW, and which leaving, he hinted at, by the way, right. in his I mean, promo, like, right? <laughs> these are if 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 this was a movie, these would all be parts uh, of the movie, and this is now the climactic scene, and um, the the uh, the the added intrigue of the idea that that Roman was Dusty's star pupil and um uh that he sees him more as a son than than he saw Cody or, or at least teasing that it's all fantastic and we wouldn't have that if they went with Sammy um and really this way you really do get to have your cake and eat it too because all of this is great I wouldn't want to uh, lose any of it and especially WrestleMania now being two nights, you need two worthy main events. And I think you've got them. And and two excellent main events that kind of come out of the same storyline um, with the bloodline, which is the best yeah. thing WWE's done in, in ages. I think, um, you know, WWE and uh, Triple H deserve all the credit in the world for, um, you know, crafting the storyline and have it climax or it should climax at wrestlemania rarely a storyline can actually bring you two top main events like 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 we might have uh on both nights of wrestlemania i mean i mean with cody and roman and with, then with kevin and sammy against the usos i mean that's that's the bloodlines dividing itself to main event both nights i mean that's that's there's there's something there that we didn't have on other WrestleManias that, you know, ever since WWE is doing two nights. And I think there's something there. And I think the right call would be to put the tag uh, main eventing uh, night one, definitely. And, and, and as far as Cody goes, if he doesn't win that, I think that's going to be a mistake though. Cause, cause there's always a peak of where Roman yes, can actually you can miss go it. Yeah. and you're going to miss it. If Cody doesn't win it on the biggest night of your uh, year. And and even if they wait till SummerSlam and, and do a screw job finish or whatever, you know, on, on night two of Mania, I think you're gonna miss on something if Cody doesn't win it then. That also assumes though that that Cody is that over when that match um gets in the ring. So far, so good. It it really is gratifying to see him go in there with Roman, who uh is beloved, right? Be beloved as a heel. Uh, but because of that, it is difficult to kind of play against him as the babyface. And the crowd is still very much behind Cody. You know, they're buying it. Um, I th I think, uh, on, on your point, uh, Brian, uh, again, this is nitpicky stuff. Uh, but I, I do think, I, I agree with you, that that promo with, with Paul Heyman, that's the kind of thing you do after Elimination Chamber. And it would have worked after Elimination Chamber. Sure. And, and then um, what we saw since then some of the other interplay with him and Paul, and then that fantastic segment with Roman, you could have pushed it a, a, a week or two uh, afterwards. Um, but Cody has not been as good as he was um, that week with with Paul Heyman. The um, the segment with Roman on SmackDown from Friday night, to me that was all about Roman, and Roman just hit uh, the home run of all home runs. I thought he was so good in that, so mm -hmm. smug. I, I love the, um, again, and I was thinking about this, and we joked about this, you know, and, and I told my wife when we were watching it, like, if Vince McMahon was booking this segment, it would have ended with somebody getting hit by a car uh, backstage, you know, <laughs> they, they wouldn't have left it alone. But I loved that it ended in a handshake. Um, yes. And that there there is this, um, you know, I, I just saw... Uh, 
no spoilers, but but I just saw Creed three uh, over the weekend. I watched it yesterday. Fantastic, fantastic mo- movie. Um, but it's hard to even talk about it <laughs> without any spoilers. But this is all to say that um, th- there is a way to tell uh, a story about a big fight where where somebody doesn't want to hit somebody with a car. You know, where where it's about <laughs> right. um, pro- professional respect and and competition and wanting to be the best and and legacy and you can still do it with a face and a heel it doesn't have to be like two guys who love each other you could still have a good guy and a bad guy but right. not have it be this over the top nonsense yes the, uh, the one of the things we did for for the new episode of pro wrestling illustrated i mentioned talking about um uh, talking to some folks about the wrestlemania memories and there's a segment uh, there's a section that is um talking talking to uh, drew mcintyre um and uh Carmelo hayes about uh, WrestleMania 18 and, and The Rock versus Hulk Hogan. And and there's so much fondness for that match. Uh, rightfully so. I was in the building. It really was a magical, magical uh, experience. And people talk about that that face-off and um, all the history and legacy between those uh, two guys. And people forget that, you know, the the, the angle that, that set that up, which was uh, – you you remember the Rock and Hogan in the ring and brother and and all that stuff. How did that end with somebody getting hit by a, a car in, in a backstage? I mean, I, I forget did they drive a truck into the Rock or something like that? Um, and and nobody remembers that part. But I think it's sort of like selective amnesia because because that didn't help matters. Um, this is all to say that I I, I worry a, a little bit because we do have uh, a little less than a month to go. Uh, uh, Pat, how do you think they, they fill this time between now and and WrestleMania? Where else can this go? I mean, I mean, you're gonna get uh, a lot of promos, you know, with with Paul, with Roman, with Cody. At, I mean, uh, I, I wouldn't even, I'm not even sure if they need to touch another. I mean, I wouldn't do. I, I mean, I feel like you're gonna do like I don't know one week a Superman punch and the other week a crossroads. And, and, you know, yeah. just to give each other, like, something before Mania. But I don't feel like they need that. I, I, I think th- there's three guys who can actually do great promos. And you, you, you need to have both of them in the ring at the same time at one point. But at the same time, I don't feel like they need to to do that you know usual stuff that they always do you know and 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 depending on who wins uh, the other one gets uh, you know is is get gets the the uh, uh, the upper end uh, the the smackdown before the raw before uh, i think there's a a way of doing this uh, differently as far as creative and i i mean my, my the, the the fact that parliament is involved in those uh, decisions and those uh, booking decisions and and all that um, wants me to say that you know it, it, it might be very good till WrestleMania and I'm expecting it to be very good. It's, it's, it's the big match that you have, so I mean you better you know make sure that you do the right things and the, the, the important thing is to keep Cody as over as he is up until WrestleMania because I, I I don't remember which WrestleMania it was. Uh, but there was a WrestleMania where between the announcement of the championship match and the actual WrestleMania, the challenger at lost steam. And I'm, I'm wondering if it's not Kofi, actually, but I, I can be... I, I uh, think that sounds like a lot of WrestleManias, Frank. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So so, so they have a chance now. And, and you were talking about Cody's promo with Paul Heyman. But, I mean, 
I understand your point. I'm just asking, would Cody be this over without that promo? As we speak, because I, mean, I agree, I think they should have, and I think Brian and I both think this, that they should have done it, and it was fantastic. It's the timing of it, um, and and I think because it of been... Sa- because of the Sammy main event, right? right. Yeah, but but yeah. they did the Sammy Cody promo the following week, which wasn't as effective to me. I mean, it was very it, good. It, it, it was, was very good. good. I agree. It wasn't as effective. I agree with this. I think but, because people weren't buying that that you were going to do Cody and Sammy at, at mm-hmm. WrestleMania. I don't think anybody bought that. I think they did that as a re- reaction to what happened with the Heyman one to sort yes. of like correct a little bit and make sure that Sammy wasn't completely being overlooked. Like I think that's why that was done. And, no, but and, it kept at least it kept Sammy strong up until Elimination yes. Chamber. Yeah. So it played at least that role. So so yeah, I, I think the key of whatever they'll end up doing is keep Cody strong up until WrestleMania because you don't want him to lose steam in the f- last 3 weeks uh before probably, you know, the biggest match of his career. The, the one thing I'd love to see, I, I don't think it's doable, but but if ever the two sides could play nice and um, make a deal, is uh, have Dustin appear. I mean, a, a segment with, with Dustin <laughs> and a pep talk for his little brother and talking about Cody would just be magical. I think um, I think there was a time where Tony would have allowed something like that but i think he's been burned by wwe now and he now understands that these are not my friends like i think there was a time where he was a little more naive i think the billy gunn thing might have been like the turning point with the dx reunion where where you know he was like yeah you could have him i just need you to just write you know aew superstar on the screen and they were like nope uh and he thought and and also the regal thing the thing with triple h kind of gloating on twitter about william regal i think that was the line where he's like all right screw these people i'm not i'm not helping them out anymore maybe there's a way maybe there's a way and maybe it would be cheesy but i just you were saying this and i just thought of top of my head but you know those those uh you go to a concert let's say i've seen this with celine dion once and she was like singing when old timers uh just an hologram of of that person that singer you know and maybe there's a way of doing something with dusty like like to do a montage to do something where dusty is actually almost like he was talking to cody but just do something with all the great promos that he did do something with this where um where where the way you put words it's like if he was actually telling cody something i think there's maybe something to do instead of because I, I agree with Brian, I don't think that they'll ever no. get Dustin. But maybe there's a way of doing something with with uh, with Dusty. And you could even play into the fact that he's got a connection, as has been spoken about, with actually with both of them. You know, and I'm sure there is footage of there actually is footage of Dusty working with Roman. You know, as a rookie. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be interesting to show in combination, almost like his. You know, he's looming over this entire match, and it's not just Cody. It's actually both of them in this weird way. I think that would be an interesting thing to do, even with, like, a video package or something. Especially with what Eamon said, you know, at the end of his promo with Cody, you know, like, uh, you know, your favorite, your son. But, I mean, Roman was always his favorite or something like this. So, yeah, there's something to be done there. I agree with that. And, actually, Pat, you made me think of the fact that there's also the connection, as has been talked about, with 
Dusty and Heyman. I mean, and that mm-hmm. now that WWE owns everything, they could include footage from of Dusty working ECW. And I'm yep. sure at some point there, I can't think off the top of my head, there's got to be footage of Dusty and Heyman, you know, in in Jim Crockett promotions or something where it, early in Heyman's career as a manager where they cross paths. There's got to be something and, and to just show like Dusty's kind of shadow over everything that that yep. would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think they've done a, a, a nice job. Uh, I mean, Cody's never reluctant to bring up his father, but this is the first storyline that is really kind of all in on the, the legacy of the, the Rhodes family and the, the passing of Dusty. And it's played been played so well. I, I love that again. I mean, not, not to dump on Vince McMahon uh, too much, but but I do think that if, if he was more hands-on, it would be Roman Reigns saying, I'm glad your father's dead and, you know, he and all that. And it wasn't right. that at all. You've got Roman Reigns, the, the biggest heel in the company, um, putting him over. Talked about how, how much love and respect he had for him and how he was the first one that really believed in him and put him on this course to greatness. Uh, it's just great. I mean, it, it, it's such um, uh, subtle, smart storytelling uh, I, I can't say enough good things about See, it. Seems all of you didn't have much faith in Vince McMahon's booking. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, maybe that's a good transition to, to the rest of, of the card. Um, and, and they're, they're, you know, Vince is back in, in some capacity. You know, there, there's all kinds of speculation about how involved he is or he's not. I think what a, a lot of people's um, kind of antenna, you know, went up about was when they announced uh, Omos versus Brock Lesnar, which a lot of people say this is very much a Vince McMahon match. Hmm. Um, and, and I think there are there's other things um, throughout the WWE uh, product. Certainly, uh, you know, the whole Bray Wyatt thing. Clearly, Vince McMahon at, at some point at least was was a fan of um, before he, he got rid of him. Uh, but but uh, I'll ask you both. I mean, what do you think about sort of the rest of the card? Is it is it feeling WrestleMania worthy? And uh, does it feel like Vince McMahon's fingerprints are on it? Go ahead, Brian. Well, I think it's easy to say Omos and Brock. Okay, that's got to be Vince because it's two big giant guys. I I'll put it this way. I think it's something that Vince would do. <laughs> I do, but I'm not convinced. It's got to be a little more than that. If if it was revealed that, you know, Omas was sleeping with Sable, then I would say, okay, <laughs> this is Vince McMahon, right? This is Vince McMahon. Wow. But, but uh, you know, I, I mean, even if that is the one bone they're throwing him just to keep the old guy happy, let him have it. Let him have his big giant match, you know, uh, because I think Vince has been – we all know, as we've learned the hard way in recent weeks, that he could basically do whatever he wants. And if he wanted to just step in and take everything over, he could. And I think maybe, just maybe, he's actually using his head and going, you know what, this is going well, and this is my company, and I'm making a lot of money off this, and I'm going to let them do their thing because this is actually going well, and I'm going to swallow my pride. That might be what's happening. As far as the other stuff on the card, I mean, this is a very, very solid card. I think both of the... You could always fantasy book. You know, I would have probably done Rhea and Bianca. Fine, whatever. But I think what they're doing, those are going to be really strong matches with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. You have the history there where, you know, they've met at WrestleMania before and and Rhea was kind of, you know, basically humbled. And Bianca and Asuka, I think I think Asuka needs to win that. That would be to really get her character really? back on 
back on track again. I do, and I don't think Bianca will be hurt by it like she was by the Becky Lynch thing. I think that's that's sort of like the culmination of the the rehabilitation of Asuka in a way. But I mean, the the stuff with Dominic and and Ray. I mean, again, the discipline and the patience to not just throw them at each other immediately, to put some space between them, put them on different shows, get them temporarily involved in different angles, have people wondering if they're ever going to wrestle, right? I thought that was very smart. Now, I don't know how much of that was a real thing of Ray saying, of Ray having to be convinced to do it. You know, I don't I, I really, because I know at one point he said he didn't really want to do a program against his son in that way. But I mean, there's a lot of good matches with reasons for them to exist, you know, which is always a good thing. They're making the Intercontinental title seem really special now with this whole, you know, all these wrestlers, some of whom are like formidable, you know, on the card who are fighting over the chance to go after Gunther's title, which now he's had for this really long period of time. You know, there's a lot of things that feel very special on this show. And I'm not saying, you know, you don't need to have every match be main event worthy or whatever, but but just that there's a certain level of interest in every match. And I think that's what we used to expect of WrestleMania. Yeah. And I think it's happening here. I also it very much look, I was there in the years where they started saying, We're gonna put everybody on the card. We're gonna do 14 battle royals and we're gonna do the hardcore title where 24 different people win it in in the night, and we're gonna do or you know 24 seven because everyone so everyone gets their payday and everyone's happy, and and that that sounds great and it's great on paper. Maybe I sound like a jerk, but from doing that year after year after year, it has watered down the card. And I admire again the discipline of saying, you know what, suck it up. I'm sorry, some of you guys are not gonna be on the card. I you know because again that's the way it used to be. And you had a stronger WrestleMania card because of it. So, you know, we're not going to do, we're not going to just try and cram the entire roster onto the card. I think the show is going to benefit from that. Yeah, I, I agree. It, it it looks like maybe the, the Intercontinental title matches were maybe they end up with a multi-person match, whether mm-hmm. it's a ladder match or something like that. I'm, I'm fine with it. You know, th- there are some people who you would like to see get on the show, but it is difficult to squeeze them on. So I don't mind, I'll, you know, they're, they're doing this, I guess, five-way um on friday to build um to find a, a challenger for a uh, gunther and i don't know if all those people need to be in the match but i wouldn't mind the triple threat with drew sheamus and gunther i think that'd be fantastic if that's where they ended up um so i'm i'm fine with that um we got cena returning on raw tonight on monday when nice. we're recording this and i'm sure they're going to start building to him in, in austin theory that that seems to be uh the plan uh, Logan Paul and Seth Rollins, I think it's going to be a hell of a match. They, they have the chance to steal the, the whole weekend. Um, I was going to say that. I was like, this is one of the matches uh, that I'm looking forward the most to. I mean, Logan Paul has been incredible every time that he, he came in. Uh, I like that, you know, they build that match, you know, at Elimination Chamber, you know. It, it, it was well done. Uh, and I'm actually really excited about that match. It could actually steal the show. I mean, they have all the tools, and 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 Seth is over, and Logan Paul is over as well. And and I think you know that match could be uh, fantastic. And and to uh, to go back to what Brian was saying about you know Vince's booking uh, or Vince's fingerprint in, in in the booking. I mean, he hasn't been on TV. He hasn't been to any show. Um, ever since he uh, he came back, um, 
and but and I, I I really don't believe that Vince McMahon is involved in any booking decisions right now. But you got to not forget that he's the one who trained Paul Levesque into that role, and that Paul Levesque didn't agree with everything that Vince um, uh, agree with all of Vince's decisions. But there is some stuff that Vince was doing that probably Paul agree with it too. And 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 a big man field match like Brock and Amos is probably one of them because it's always been um it's always been the blueprint of WWE. So to see him go that way, because the way the way I understood it, uh, um they were actually trying to get someone against Brock. Bobby Lashley was mentioned there. I don't think I'm not sure if Brock wanted to 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 work with Lashley and maybe that Levite just said, you know what? We'll give you the biggest giant we have and Brock saw something in it. And here you go, you know? So so I'm I'm not sure that Vince has to do anything with it for this match to happen in the sense that Levite has been there forever and it's a blueprint WWE WrestleMania match. Yeah. Apparently they had wanted, I think at one point there was they were gonna do Brock with Bray Wyatt. And what I had heard was that oh. Brock Brock vetoed that. And I, think I said Bobby Lashley. Lashley. I, I meant Bray Wyatt, Brian. I, oh, I meant okay. Bray Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 the one I wanted to. Yeah, yeah. And that and that's why they do that DQ finish yeah. uh, in Montreal because uh because they had to uh they had to put Bobby over um to go against uh, against uh, Bray Wyatt without hurting Brock uh too much. So so I mean um but all in all uh, there's like very strong matches on that card. Um I, I'm not sure about the Asuka win uh, be, just because I think there's other title switch that need to be done and you cannot have all your titles changing at mania and i think Rhea winning the title against charlotte is actually more important because i think that she is other than uh her act is other than asuka right now you know with that old judgment day and, and yes. all that and if you change the titles that the, the tag team titles and if you change uh the uh cody with roman um and and you know it, it's a lot of title changes you know if you uh, on top of that change both women's titles so I, I have a reservation for that maybe it's gonna happen but i would if i have to choose between the two women's titles i would change it uh, for Rhea than than Asuka. pat I, I you do a lot of uh, the women's coverage uh for yep. the magazine so i i want to talk about sort of women's role at this year's wrestlemania and and um you know after a few years here of uh, uh, Becky and and Ronda and Bianca and Charlotte kind of like moving around in different matches at WrestleMania. There was expectation that, you know, we'd have some big payoffs this year. And it's sort of an off year for the women. There, there is not that big women's match this year. As we touched on, I mean, they they can try to position Charlotte and Rhea that way. Um, it just doesn't feel like that big a, big a deal. I think the same for, for Asuka and, and uh, Bianca, which um, should be very good. But uh, I don't think a lot of people would have predicted it would have been the WrestleMania women's title match. Uh, meanwhile, Becky is, uh, I guess, in, in a tag team match. Um, Ronda may not be on it uh, at all. I guess that there's some question about uh, uh, how she's got some some injuries that she's dealing with. If she is in it, she's also going to be in a tag team match. So, uh, you know, some of your key women stars either in a, a reduced role um, or – you know, in, in, in marquee matches, but that just don't feel like they've got that much heat uh, behind them. 
for the longest time, I was wondering what they were doing with Becky and Bailey at WrestleMania. I was like, hey, you know, Rhea is set, Asuka is set. Uh, what are they going to do with Becky and 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 Bailey? You know, so I was I was kind of wondering because you you had to have Becky in a marquee match. Uh, or an important match at WrestleMania, right? I mean, I think the Rhea booking has been uh, very good. I, I would actually have put her against Asuka at WrestleMania, but like Brian said, you know, fantasy booking can always, you, you can book your own WrestleMania card. Rhea and Asuka or Rhea and Bianca? Rhea and, oh, I mean, Rhea and, and Bianca. Yeah, yes. I, yeah because that's the match. I mean, we've seen Bianca, um, Rhea and Charlotte at WrestleMania. We haven't seen Bianca and Rhea on the main roster ever. Uh, their, their matches goes back to uh, go back to NXT, uh, but I understand the storyline with you know Rhea wanted her revenge on Charlotte for that NXT uh, title loss uh, a few years ago at Mania, so it still makes sense. Uh, the Bianca Asuka thing, I think the reward here is not the title change; it's the quality of the match. They're mm -hmm. probably gonna have. Yeah the best women's match uh, i'll rephrase that they're probably gonna have one of the best matches on both nights yeah you know yeah. period uh and 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 that match i think that's the reward of it bianca can still win but if the match is as strong as we expect it to be nobody will be hurt by by winning or losing here you know the, uh, the, the thing with, with something like that and we've seen this happen so much is the, the the crowd becomes such an important part of that and uh quality is not always enough if you the crowd is not behind you and i think about uh charlotte's match uh last year with with ronda which uh technically was very good uh but the crowd wasn't crazy about either of them and you know it it wasn't really well received yeah but i mean asuka is in a different world as a worker as a worker than ronda is to be mm -hmm. to be honest, to be fair. So so and and Bianca winning is still the babyface winning. It's not like Bianca is not over at all, you know. So I mean it's still the Bianca is over. Winning. Yeah, I don't and Bianca and is over. So if she wins, I don't see the fans turning on the match, especially yeah. if they saw a great match before that. As far as Becky and Bailey, I mean the question is, like you said, is Ronda hurt? Is it because for the longest time, what we're hearing is that Ronda and Shayna was going to win the tight titles at WrestleMania. Now, is she hurt enough that they want to bring her to Mania because she's a big name, but then she'll take time off so they won't put the belt on her? Or is she okay and they're going to do some kind of a three way match? I'm guessing because, because I, I mean. From the moment you make Becky and Lita win the titles, they need to defend them, them at WrestleMania. It cannot be a three against three with Trish and damage control on the other side, unless you put the titles on the line still. That could be a thing uh, as well. Uh, another thing is, is uh, can you do something else? Can you, uh, I've, re I've read something about Trish turning heel and teaming with Bailey. And you would have maybe a four-way tag team match. So Bailey, Trish, Damage Control, Lita and Becky. And if Ronda can work, Ronda and Shayna. That's a special match. That's at least it's a WrestleMania match, you know? And then whoever wins, I mean, I'm not sure it really matters at that point. But uh, at least you have eight, you know, 
competitors there that, you know, you have Becky, you have Bailey, you have Ronda, you have Trish, you have Lita, you have a lot of names on that match. But um, but I'm still wondering what they're going to do because, uh, and and it, uh, the, the, the thing I don't like about this is that we're three weeks away from Mania and Becky Lynch, who's supposed to be one of your biggest stars and you still don't know exactly you know what she's doing you know like like we know about even though it's not confirmed we know Seth and logan will face you know that right. you know austin terry works with cena uh, we still don't know what's going on with becky and to me it's 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 a it's a it's a problem or some maybe something happened and they had a plan and it got changed i don't know uh, as as a promoter myself, I know that sometimes you know things can change uh, uh, last minute. But um, but yeah, I'm just concerned that you know uh, the the way they booked Becky up until uh, now and and towards Mania. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. And we'll probably have some more uh, matches finalized uh, tonight, and certainly by the end of the yep. week. And we still got three weeks to go, so. Uh, I'm sure the car will come together by then. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Uh, before we head out of here, uh, uh, Pat, I want to give you a chance to uh, uh, promote uh, whatever you got going on. You, you just mentioned change of plans. I know you had a big show over the the weekend. Oh, uh, my gosh. South promotion that that had some changes, right? You know, when, when you start with 17 women and you end up with only eight oh. being there the night of the show for for reasons – out of your control as a promoter, you know, uh, and especially the big blow was uh, uh, on on Saturday morning. A big storm hit Toronto, and six of the women that were supposed to be on the show couldn't leave Toronto because they were actually driving here and they just couldn't. Uh, and and safety first, you know. I'm not. I mean, as we say, shit happens, right? Uh, but we have to. Me and my uh, co-promoter, we had to. Re- retained the card and we didn't have any more women to actually uh, book so we we were partners with uh, nsbw in quebec city and we asked some men to 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 cover up and 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 ended up with five matches with both men and women i mean some some all women matches there still but other intergender matches and wow did the crowd loved every single one of those yeah. matches and the reception was great and 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 uh and we're very very i mean i definitely had a better saturday evening than the saturday morning let me tell you this so yeah i mean life of a promoter right <laughs> uh, but yeah aside from that uh obviously you can read uh, and i'll have a story about this in the pwi uh, actually in one of the uh, uh next issues um, Kevin wants me to write about about uh, that everything that happened between the pandemic and Femme Fatale um, show that we had last week, uh, last Saturday. Uh, I also have my column, uh, Coast to Coast, about all the uh, uh, Canadian wrestling scene uh, and uh, and yeah, other projects here in Montreal. And uh, maybe a book on its way. And, and congrats, Brian, for the. Uh, for yeah. the uh, Gorilla Monsoon Monsoon uh, book, uh, thank wow, you. That's, I, I wish I had that idea actually. So that's <laughs> that's a great, great uh, uh, book that's gonna that's gonna deliver. And and I have talks as well with ECW Press. So maybe an announcement uh, too on my side in in a in a few weeks, hopefully. Great. Uh, and you can always reach me on social media at Pat at Pat Leprad, uh, pretty much everywhere: Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all that. Yeah, a couple of things to congratulate uh, Brian on. He also won the, the Wrestling Observer oh, uh, right. Award for Best Wrestling Book of the Year for, for his book on the yeah. street. 
Welcome I know. To, I'm, welcome to the club, Brian. <laughs> I know. I, I'm just glad that nobody in AEW wrote a book last year. That was, you know, very yeah. uh, promising. No, but I mean, I, I really still thought that that was going to be Brian Gewertz just also because, I mean, you know, uh, everybody knows who he is. That's the kind of thing. And it's those behind-the-scenes stories of WWE that people love. But, you know, I think it was – a lot of word of mouth. I worked my ass off for like two years to get the word out on this book. And I'm glad it kind of worked. Of course, it's for the Sheik book that I wrote, Blood and Fire. It won the award. And I'm just, yeah, I did not, I really, really, really did not expect it. And it just wound up coincidentally being the same week that I signed the contract for the next book. So I was able to, I don't like to make anything public until something is signed and I know it's happening because I think I've been around wrestling so long that I'm very, very paranoid and I'm always thinking somebody's going to try to sabotage whatever. (laughs) No, really, truly, especially when it's something that's somewhat WWE adjacent like that, you know, Uh, but, but I'm, I'm able to say it, the book's going to be called irresistible force, the life and times of gorilla monsoon. And I'm just this week really now digging into starting to reach out to people and, and like forming ideas in my head. The thing about it is, and I have to give credit because like Pat, you said that you were, you wish that you had thought of it. I mean, I got to be very honest when blood and fire came out, I did a ton of podcast appearances. And on one of them, I happened to be on a show with Dr. Mike Lano, the inestimable Dr. Mike Lano. <laughs> and uh, people could say what he want, what they want about him. But we were having our conversations on there and he goes, we were thinking of it. He was like, what's your next book going to be? And he mentioned Gorilla Monsoon's name. And I had this epiphany of just this moment of of clarity, like, oh, my God, it's so simple and so perfect (laughs) because it's someone who's never had a book done. They're an absolutely, totally mainstream name among any wrestling fan over the, you know, over the from their 30s on. And yet it also gives me the opportunity to do what I love, which is to really get into the old school history, the territories and the the pre-expansion days. And there's not a lot of people that that fulfill that Venn diagram where the, you, you get to do the old school, but you also are confident that this is a person that's known enough that people will be interested in the book beyond just wrestling historians you know so it was just like this perfect sweet spot of an idea i also think because he was a much more beloved i mean to be totally frank a much more beloved figure than the sheik was behind the scenes with a lot of people that it's going to be a very different kind of a book it's going to be a book about somebody who was really universally loved and admired and not so much a book about you know this kind of mysterious flawed person that we know nothing about like a, a very very different kind of story which i'm looking forward to to doing and and who can actually say that they have a, a location name after their first name you know the yeah. girl position i mean i mean yes. just I, i'm wondering how many people don't know you know where the girl position name come from you know and and, right. and i'm sure you're going to talk about it in the book but i mean that's that's yeah that that was an incredible idea are are you already uh, in in contact with surviving family members? Uh, anything like that? I know that was a real challenge with with the yes. sheep. I, I expect that'll be hopefully a little bit better here, right? I'm really hoping. I, I'm very shell shocked. I, I I have PTSD from the last book of just you know the, I was the family was you know not super enthused and I was not their favorite person. I wouldn't say <laughs> that there was 
you know, any kind of like outward animosity. Well, there was, there was a little bit maybe, but, but I have reached out to Gorilla's family and, and, you know, I'm, I don't want to jinx anything. I mean, they seem like wonderful people. He has two daughters. His, his wife is actually still with us and Maureen. And I'm hoping that, you know, we, we're, it's sort of, they're, 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 I haven't gotten an answer yet, but it, but the, I, I know they're very excited. They're they're very excited. It's not like we're Sheik's family where it was all like you know because, well, again to be frank, like with, with Sheik, there were many many skeletons in the closet, and the family was very protective and right. very um, defensive. And I think with Gorilla, it's not so much the skeletons in the closet. I think it's more, you know, our dad was just a very very private person, and he he didn't really give interviews like you know, they didn't have shoot interviews back then. He was, he was an old school guy. He kept kayfabe. I mean, they were still saying he was from Manchuria, even in like the eighties and nineties, you know? So it's more that I think there's just, they're very excited. The book is happening. And I, I think they're just sort of putting their heads together to decide what level of involvement they want to have. But I, but I'd be excited for just whatever, whatever they want to do, even, even if it's just photographs, just whatever they can contribute, I would be thrilled about. Yeah, yeah. Well, a lot to look forward to there. Uh, thank you so much, guys. As always, it's a lot of fun. Uh, everybody, head on over to pwi-online.com uh, to uh, check out the latest issue and uh, look forward to talking to you again. Take care, everybody. All right. All right.